I will be reading Psalm 65. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation. The hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. The one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. What does your encountering God really look like? Where do you encounter God? When do you encounter God? And who does encounter God? And what does encountering God do to us? These questions are so important because we are created for encountering God. First, where? Where we encounter God? King David locates the place where he encountered God, the Zion. Where is Zion? Traditionally, Zion means Jerusalem of Israel, where God's final judgment will be for his people. But David said, the praise is due to you. Due to you. What does that mean? In Hebrew, it means the praise of silence is before you, O God, in Zion. The silence of prayer, the praise of silence. What is that? Praise of silence. It means we are in awe of God. So we become speechless. 
we become speechless. We are facing God. We stand before God and we acknowledging who we are and we become speechless before God. Because we acknowledge the majesty and the holiness of God. There's no one like God. Those encounter every day. So, we have to stand before God in fear, with trembling. So, Zion is anywhere we encounter God in praise. Of silence. Are you in Zion? Are you in praise of silence? If you dare, standing and waiting before God, then you are ready to change. Ready to be changed by God. And when we encounter God, David said, O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. Flesh means life. Right now, My life, flesh. And life means pain, isn't it? When we realize we are life in pain, a mortality, not immortality, A creature, not a creator. We had to kneel down and pray to God, who is immortal, creator of all beings. So, our pain of flesh, pain of life, connects us with God. So King David praises when iniquities prevail against us. You atone for our transgression. Transgression, iniquity is not only what we do something wrong, but just nature of who we are, broken, vulnerable, getting sick, getting poor. And we cannot overcome our life, our brokenness. And we cannot, no one can work out their own problems. Right? We try, 
but we cannot fix our problems. So our pain of life also connects us with others in the same fate of life in pain. So God's atonement means our empathy, our perspective is being restored. So we see other people with our empathy. We are able to feel their pain. We are able to see their problem. That's atonement. When we are connected to God because of our pain of life. And we are willing to invite other people into my life and involve, even intervene with their problem, their pain. That is our prayer. God answers our prayer. And we're being connected with God. Are you connected with God? And are you connected with others? And the question is, who does counter God, encounter God? Can you encounter God when you want? Can I initiate encountering God? Like make a phone call or send him an email. God, I want to talk to you. I want to set up an appointment with you. Can you do that? No, we cannot. God encounters us when God desires. King David said, Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. Because God implanted the yearning for God, the desire for God in us, we call the image of God, which is the substance of ourself, our eternal being, our substance. That is yearning for God in every human being in creation. And Jesus restored. It was dead by the original sin. And it was restored, revived with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The yearning for God was restored. So some people, they stand and wait in the presence of silence, which is the yearning for God. And God will meet those people in his time and his place. Those who yearning for God, they seek for the goodness and holiness of God. David praises, 
We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. Encountering God is satisfying experience of the tov. Hebrew word for goodness, excellency of ourselves. Because God is excellent and we are made up with the same substance, excellency, tov, in his house, in his sovereignty. When we, in his sovereignty, when we surrender ourselves to under his sovereignty, then we are able to see other people's excellency, tov, in other people, and ourselves. That is the experience of encountering God. And it is also experience of the kadosh, the holiness in Hebrew, which means distinguished, separate, different from the rest. Kadosh. Distinguished life from the world. So we cannot encounter God if we live indistinguishable life. One of the critical problems for church declining is the world sees the Christian, oh well, they're not different. They're same. My neighbor, my co-worker, my friend, she is just same as me. She reacts to her problem, her challenges, same way I do. They live with same ethic, same moral I do. They enjoy and they everything same, indistinguishable. Then we cannot encounter God. Let me ask you. Do you see your excellency? Do you perceive others' excellency? Even your loved one, your family, your children, your spouse. Sometimes we don't see that. We don't, we don't express that. Even you know they're excellent. Right? That start from Perceiving yourself, myself, excellency. That's what Jesus did. Restore us from brokenness, filthy, to excellency. We're broken in this flesh, but in our tov, our core, substance, who we are, the eternal being, we are excellent. Amen then we must live as an excellent person instead of a broken person. Because life is not going to be that long. Right? It's like that. But our excellency will be the poor forever, eternity. So encountering God is revealed 
in the expansion of our boundary, of our Zion. David expands his boundary from Zion, from the temple, from Israel, to the whole world. King David. When Jerusalem temple was only place people believe, Israelites believe, encountering God. But David expands the boundary of Zion. He said, By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, the one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with the might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the people, so that those who dwelt at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. Expansion, expansion means going over the ocean. Ocean, sea, ocean means uncertainty for ancient people. Where the evil rules. Because their technology was primitive, their vessels were small and not only that. So they're overwhelmed by traveling through ocean. So they wouldn't go. But encountering God gives us safety, confidence, clarity in our voyage in the ocean. We have to go into the ocean. We have to go into the world. We have to go into the future. The vision, clear, clear, clear vision for the future of this church. Because we encounter God. Nothing to afraid of. So we confidently we must reach out to other people, other people, specifically non-Christians, specifically those atheists, specifically those progressive, specifically those young people who do not recognize God, who do not accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, Because we encounter God. It is really challenges. This is a really challenge we I want to point out to you. Everybody wants their comfort level, comfort zone around by those friends been together for a long time 
right? How wide is your boundary? How wide is your network? To reach out, to reveal our encountering God, we have to go over the, our boundaries. When we encounter those non-Christians, those atheists, those people stranger to us, new to us, then we encounter God there. Church should not have fans. That keeps those strangers out. But the people, why they do not come to church? Because we don't see that, but the fans we have. But people outside of church, they see the fans around the church. Wow, to go to church, to go into that building, I have to be certain class of our society. So wear certain clothing, have a, a good background or lifestyle or, you know, certain income level. It is true. It is true. Some people are not going to come to church because they don't have a good clothing. Some people are not going to come to church because they do not have offering. Do we have, do we, First Church, have a fence around us? If we do, then we have to remove it. Somehow, Convince our neighbors, our community. Well, the virtue do not have a fence. I can go in anytime I want. You, I am, we are the conduit. We are the gate for those people. But unless you have a trust with them, unless you really have a friendship with them, they wouldn't come here. Church had been fans themselves with for Sunday, like today, right? Churchy people only go to church on Sunday. Most of them go to Sunday Sabbath. Even church's fellowship is limited to those who familiar each other. But God is ready to encounter everyone unlimitedly. So David praises, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The rivers of God is full of water. You provide their grains for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with the showers. I should preach this at the Mennonite church where so many farmers, they can relate these things. Right? I don't know anyone in our church membership have a f- farming. But it means daily life. Not just Sabbath, not just Sunday worship, but daily life. 
24-7. My career, my, my business, my retired life, my, my, my morning, my, my afternoon, my evening, 24-7, that's what it says. We encountering God 24-7. But church, we have been imposed to live the opposite way. Just being independent. Work hard enough to insist our rights. Taking things for granted. Because I paid. You give me because I paid. I worked hard so you, you give me my salary, my income. Right? And it all started with the original sin in being independent from God. So God, God's encountering us through Jesus Christ redeemed us, the whole universe, the whole world to be dependent, to be vulnerable, to rely on To obey God's sovereignty and providence. Still we are. Even we have such a great technologies, civilization. Can we make rains? Can we bring clouds? Can we, can we do anything about this nature? Unless we destroy them, bother them. Right? We are so vulnerable. But still people have such a huge confidence in them, in their power. So idiot people are. It's it's so sad thing. So still many Christians still try to be independent from God and do things according to their own. Oh, these things, it's your thing. These things, most of these things, my thing. I will handle this, God. Don't bother me. Do not intervene when I'm doing my thing, my way. Many Christians that way. And that is the biggest problem, stumbling block, the block is for the Holy Spirit. Filled in the Holy Spirit church means they just open, surrender 24-7, top to bottom, everything to God. Being dependent on God. We have a great coach in our congregation. If you are football players, and our God is our coach, but some players, well, I'm going to do my way for this game. I'm going to do my way. How the coach will feel like, right? It's absurd. We're just players. God directs us. So we must trust our God and follow His way. God's encounters. We are all God's encounters. Encountering God is praise. Praise for being answered. Praise for being saved. 
and praise for being chosen to do His will. Encountering God is a praise. Friends, life is pain. We cannot prevail. So, we must long for God in praise of silence. And we know people long for health. And God long for us, our response to people's longing. People's pain, people's needs. So let's invite people to our life. From now on, I'm just maybe this week, think about who is the one I should invite into my life. My next door, my coworker, my old friend, who do not stand before God in praise of silence. Who do not have a fear or trembling before God. Who is that person? I should invite, don't invite to church. You're going to fail. 99% you're going to fail. Even your best friend. Invite them to your life. Part of your life. And involved with your life. Not just judging them or, or uh, make comment on them, but just listen to them. Until you earn their trust, involve, then involve. Then you intervene with their problems. When you think you can tell them, John, what are you doing? John, do you know where you're going after you die? Susan, do you know what you're doing is so wrong? We must be able to intervene. Because God invited us his church, to his church. And God involved with our life. And God intervened our eternal problem, our sin and condemnation by the cross and resurrection. Right? So from now on, not just my family, me, or my country, or just my church, but it will be we together encounter God. And when they encounter God, they will shout and joy, sing for joy. Because of this, you and I are exist. You and I are called first. This is the duty. So the call of duty is this for us. 
Amen.